Since 1983, Copenhagen Modern Furniture has showcased Austin's largest collection of fine contemporary furniture and accessories. Now, at Copenhagen, save $500 on any stressless signature or leg comforter recliner model. For more ways to save, shop online at copenhagenliving.com or visit the showroom on Breaker Lane. Copenhagen Modern Furniture, Austin's premier destination for everything contemporary since 1983. El pique preciso para llamar los cueros y suelta le gaita si está repicando y después. Así decía el maestro. Welcome to I Love You So Much, the podcast about the people, places, and things we love about Austin. Our podcast is from the feature staff at the Austin American Statesman, and we're sponsored by Copenhagen Furniture. I'm Deborah Sengupta Stith, and in this week's episode, my colleague Nancy Flores and I are joined by Greg Gonzalez and Beto Martinez of Austin's world-class cumbia outfit Grupo Fantasma. The band has been shaking hips and lifting spirits for close to 20 years, and their latest release is an ambitious platter that covers everything from Turkish psychedelia to Tex-Mex. Greg and Beto are originally from Laredo, and we talked about growing up on the border, their recent trip to Colombia, and why they called the new album American Music Volume 7. Welcome, y'all. Thanks hey. for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. So, uh, Grupo has been a huge part of the Austin music scene for many years now. 16, maybe? 19 years 19, this year. 19, what? You guys are almost 20 years old, which is amazing. <laughs> and mostly with the same lineup, right? For the most part. Um, Greg and I are the two remaining original members, meaning the meaning people that, were, that, that put the band together and that were at the first show. Um, a, a good, like, Half of the guys have been in the band at least, I'd say, 10 years at this point. And then the rest, like, probably another good handful of years. So, And you guys have a new album out, which I really enjoyed, by the way. I've been listening to it over the last few days and really like it a lot. I wanted to, you guys to talk a little bit about why you decided to call it that. American Music Volume 7. Um, well, the title alludes to the idea that it's, it's kind of two-part. One being that, like, a little tired of being pigeonholed with the term Latin music, which which you think is a very generic term to describe a whole myriad of styles. And it just, I think, kind of dismisses the diversity of music um, that that currently falls under that, that label. You know, the fact that we sing in Spanish or that we sing in English, which we do both, we don't think defines the music as such as as Latin music per se. So, so the second part of that being that that we're all from here, um, here being the uh, Texas, the United States, and um, that identity of being American, um, as as Greg said so eloquently the other day, we feel shouldn't be defined for us by someone else. So we're essentially with that title and 
stating that our that our music, regardless of the language that it's spoken in, regardless of stylistically what it's considered, is American music or that we're calling it American music is is sort of laying claim to that identity for ourselves. Like we're from here and this music that we make is American music for that reason. Um, and you really can't say differently. Or That's how we feel about it. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys um, both grew up on the border and Nancy grew up on the border too. How did uh, growing up in that area, right, uh, right where you're straddling the, the divide between America and Mexico, to how did that impact uh, the way you thought about music growing up, Nancy? Yeah, for me, I mean, I think that growing up on the border and you guys are from Laredo. I'm from a smaller town, Eagle Pass. And actually, you guys get super brownie points in my book because not only do you know exactly where that is and you have performed there, um, but then you also have a band member who is from there. So, yay. (laughs) Go Eagle Pass. (laughs) Yes. Um, But yeah, I mean, I feel um, for me and, you know, I'm wondering what your experience is like, um, you know, that it has marked my identity and just like everything that I do, you know, professionally as a journalist, as a writer, um, you know, but also as a person. And, you yeah, know, what absolutely. You, mm-hmm. uh, so the person you're alluding to is Kino Esparza, our, our vocalist. He's from Eagle Pass as well. I don't, I don't know what the sports team is there. Go Eagle Pass. Yeah, Eagles, of the course. Eagles. <laughs> it's the Lions. <laughs> it's the field mice. No, um, yeah, being from from the borders definitely shaped our identity. And I mean, even our whole career as musicians has been shaped by that, the whole career of Grupo Fantasma and this album, you know, it all kind of coalesces in this concept of Americanism, you know, uh, being from the United States, but with, uh, you know, Mexican American heritage and growing up in a, in a culture that embraces the two identities simultaneously. You know, you have people in Laredo who are fans of the Dallas Cowboys and, who who listen to rap music and heavy metal and classic rock, but they also listen to mariachi. They also listen to Tejano. You know, they also listen to Norteño music. They eat tacos and, and hamburgers and, you know, and they consider themselves American. A lot of them serve in the military. A lot of everybody pays their taxes or a lot of them pay their taxes, uh, you know, and there's this kind of interchange that just happens organically. You know, nobody has to tell you this person is from Mexico or this person is from the United States. There's people from the United States there speaking Spanish. There's people from Mexico speaking English, you know, and all all shades and variations in between that spectrum, you know. And uh, everybody just interacts, and it's not like some sort of mysterious, like, show me your passport before I talk to you kind of thing. You know, it's just like back when we were growing up especially, there was uh, a much more uh, porous Porter in the sense that we could just go without a passport to Mexico on any given day for a dollar without having to show any identification, hang out all day long and come back, you know, and vice versa. People from Mexico could come and hang out and go back. People worked on either side. People exchanged business and, and uh, you know, ideas and, and culture freely. And it, it never felt like a threatening thing. It felt like a, a vibrant and organic uh, situation where we were all kind of, you know, prospering together, so to speak. I have uh, another friend of ours, uh, Adrian Casado, who was an original member of Grupo Fantasma back in the day. I remember one time he told me that uh, for you guys growing up in Laredo, going to Mexico was like for us going to Round Rock from downtown Austin. 
Basically. Yeah, it wasn't a big deal. I mean, we would go as young teenagers, like uh, just all the time to just hang out, and we had friends from both sides. Yeah, it was no no big deal at all. No thought to this so-called border. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but you also have always had um, kind of a diverse base of influences that goes beyond uh, just uh, quote unquote Latin music because you guys were playing funk music, right? In the very early days before you started Grupo Fantasma? Yeah, that's right. Um, Greg and I were in a band called The Blimp, um, which started in Laredo and we moved to Austin with that band with the hopes of like working with that band. Um, And Adrian... Uh, who, as you said, was another founding member of Grupo Fantasma, had a band called the Blue Noise Band um, based here in Austin that that did sort of jazz, like kind of freaky jazz rock stuff. And the Blimp was like a funk band, funk rock band. And that's what we were playing before we we made Grupo Fantasma. And it was the union of those two bands deciding to come together to play a bunch of cumbias because we loved, loved cumbias and we thought we could do a good show. Um, by just doing this whole set list of this classic stuff, um, that's really how it all started for Grupo Fantasma. Yeah, and I one of the things that Nancy Nancy just wrote an article about these guys, which is available on our website, austin360.com, and one of the things that you noted that I always loved um, about you guys, especially in the early days, was that I feel like there was um, a whole Latin music scene at the time that was like real serious salsa dancers, and you guys were like the opposite of that. That if, <laughs> if you could go to a Grupo Fantasma show and not know what you were doing and trip over somebody and fall on the dance floor and nobody looked at you funny and i feel like i've always appreciated that yeah you absolutely guys. we always had a lot of falling over dancers but <laughs> yes. usually it was alcohol and there was a lot of falling over band members at the time <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i mean i in in that sense this this album kind of represents coming full circle and we call it american music you know as beth was saying you know we started off playing funk and and freaky jazz uh sort of inspired music and decided to play cumbia, but we didn't approach it from the perspective of let's let's do this the traditional way with the traditional instruments. You know, we just used that material and then filtered it through our our freaky, jazzy, funky rock roots that we had also uh, you know acquired here in the states. So it wasn't like I don't even think we had congas and when this band first started. You know, we had two drum sets and. It was very experimental, and you know we we would mix it all up. Uh, but again, the idea was that we wanted to embrace diversity of music and allow for a mixing of of identities and cultures and sounds and music to create a place where anybody could feel safe uh, coming out and having a good time, whether they understood Latin music or understood rock or understood funk, funk music or or freaky jazz or whatever. Uh, and that, that, you know, whether they spoke English or Spanish or wherever they came from, that they had an environment where they could feel welcome and and uh, enjoy the mixing of all these different styles and cultures and celebration of all of that kind of identity. And, you know, again, getting back to the concept of American music, that was the idea, you know, the, the you know, to use the cliche, the melting pot concept that America is made out of all these people. The United States is made... I, Sometimes I struggle with saying America because we're really talking about the United States. And to me, America is like, you know, from Canada to Chile, this huge areas. It's an, yeah, it's two continents that are the Americas, you know. Uh, and I, I feel weird that the United States frequently claims that identity. Like, we are America, you know. And 
that's also gets back to the idea of American music. It's like this music should be something that embraces the entirety of that sound and that experience as best we can and expresses it as best we can. So again, this album and this this present moment is kind of like a uh, coming full circle with that whole idea of like being inclusive and embracing diversity of cultures and traditions and showing respect and appreciation for all this stuff and creating a kind of an environment where all of these people could come together and celebrate and hear something that, you know, wherever it comes from, it reminds them of home and it's not being, you know, fetishized or tokenized. It's like something that we really appreciate and that we feel like, you know, we want to accommodate into our sound as well. I love that. And I would just say to you guys that I really consider Grupo Fantasma such an integral part of the Austin sound. Like when I think of Austin music, you guys are a huge part of it. And I mean, for me coming up in the city and for a lot of people who aren't necessarily of a Mexican-American or Latino background, huge part of what we've got going on. But I wanted to talk about the other Americas since you guys just went on a trip to Colombia, correct? Yes, that's true. Um, Greg... And our good friend, Kiko Villamizar, who is uh, of Colombian heritage, his family lives in Colombia, who lives here now and, and, and is a musician and performer, had applied for some grants through the city of Austin. Yeah, um, a friend of mine hipped me to the, uh, to the existence of capacity building grants, which uh, the city of Austin uh, Cultural Affairs Division offers to people in all sorts of uh, disciplines of of media whether they're dancers playwrights filmmakers artists or musicians or what have you uh, and these are very you know modest grants that could be used to fund instructional travel and cultural exchange and that was kind of the intent uh Bethel and myself uh and you know to a greater extent you know our our extended musical family have really embraced the music of latin america most specifically with Grupo Fantasma and our other band, Moni Chicha, cumbia music, which which is uh, probably the most popular music of Latin America at this point. You know, you could easily argue that it's the the biggest, you know, pop music of, of Latin America. It all pays reference to that, just like you could argue that the blues is the, the, the root of, like, American pop music these days. We've been huge fans of this music, and we've been performing it with Grupo Fantasma and Moni Chicha for a long time. Uh, and our friend Kiko Villamizar is from Colombia. He has all these these connections down there with musicians who perform kind of traditional folkloric Colombian music, uh, which goes beyond cumbia. You know, in our minds, we thought like cumbia, but there's like so many variations and styles, and even their version of cumbia is way different from what we anticipated. Uh, so when we got these two grants, the idea was like, you know what, let's go study with some of these people that Kiko knows, you know, let's let's go make some connections, maybe play some shows, you know, and, and interact with some of these guys who've been inspiring us and, you know, informing our careers for the past 20 years almost. For whatever reason, you know, the wheels of... of city money turned slowly and when we got the money finally it was like right near the deadline of south by southwest and we were like we have to go soon and then kiko mentioned hey it's carnival and i was like okay cool 
he's like, yeah, let's go to Barranquilla. Let's go to Carnival. And I didn't know what that meant exactly because to me, Carnival is like Rio. But then it's like I just assumed like, okay, Latin America celebrates it everywhere. I was thinking about like Trinidad or whatever, like Mardi Gras. But it turns out that Barranquilla has the second largest Carnival celebration in the world right behind Rio. And that something like 250,000 people go there every year to celebrate. We were calling it the Cumbia Pilgrimage at first because you're like, we're going to go and experience, you know, Barranquilla is right next to the Rio Magdalena, which is widely considered sort of like what the Mississippi Delta is to blues. You know, around there is where the the intermingling of, of freed African slaves, uh, you know, the Latino people, the Brazilian people, the Amazonian and the indigenous people from the from the Andes as well came together and whether they were bringing their melodies and their flutes of the indigenous people in their their shaker maraca things or they were bringing the African drums and and melodies or they were bringing uh, like Spanish song forms in the decima structure you know, all these things kind of coalesced into very unique styles of music that exist in Colombia and they tend to have a lot of regional variations but because Barranquilla during Carnival is like the country celebration of this folkloric tradition all these different styles come together and they have you know concerts and it, there's everything from like Carlos Vives and Mark Anthony and Mana playing on one side of town to like little barrio you know neighborhood specific street festivals where like all of the town people play and uh, we were fortunate enough, again, to be associated with Kiko, who's really affiliated with the, the Gaitero culture, which is the flute-playing, drumming, folkloric uh, style of, of performance. And as a result, we were able to perform with, interact with, talk and hang out with, check out and learn from some of these great musicians. And it was a super eye-opening and humbling experience. You know, we, we thought we knew cumbia, but what it turns out is we know Mexican cumbia. Mm -hmm. We know Caribbean cumbia to a certain extent, but that's even like one step removed from this Colombian style, you know, and it's been super inspirational now and has opened a lot of, you know, doors in the mind for for possibilities and music going forward. Yeah, I love that idea of the the cumbia pilgrimage. Yeah. We should all take a cumbia pilgrimage. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, during South by Southwest, they you know, there's a very popular Sounds of Colombia showcase. Um, and Austinites got to experience the sounds of uh, uh, Los Gaiteros, the uh, Ovejas. And I understand that you had a workshop with them or, you know, what Kiko was that like? I hosted a workshop with them uh, and I, I went and checked it out. It was pretty awesome, actually. Uh, I've seen some Gaiteros and stuff before, but now I feel more informed having gone to Colombia with Beto and Kiko and seeing the variations. Like in the past, it all sounded the same to me, which isn't meant as a knock it all sounded awesome to me but i couldn't tell the difference between you know one group of gaiteros from one area to the next and you know as i've heard more and more i start to notice the differences like oh these guys use 
clarinets or meo flutes. So these guys use one gaita or two gaitas. So they use different tunings for their drums or how they how they improvise between the the vocals or or even the like method of delivery of the vocal sound is very specific to each region, you know. Mm-hmm. So it it's been really eye opening in that regard. I feel like our our cumbia palette has has mm-hmm. been you know expanded. That was a super impressive aspect to me of the whole trip was talking to these musicians and realizing how immersed they were in not only the the like in their own mastery of of their instruments but in the lineage of the music itself like you talk to these guys and they bring up specific people like just a few generations back that introduced certain instruments that introduced certain songs certain melodies it started playing certain songs a certain way. So that whole idea of like um, all these different groups being very regional and each region having their own little specific things that they do that makes it their own was just super evident. And it blew my mind. Like for someone to be like, it would be like if you talk to some like indie rock band here and then they could tell you like going back a hundred years or whatever, like just exactly how the, that, that music had changed and who changed it and why they're doing it the way they're doing it now. And they all seemingly know that. Like They're all super aware of the lineage and the history of their music, and it informs everything that they do. It was very impressive. How do you think it might inform what's next for Grupo Fantasma? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure, honestly. Uh, we were fortunate in this album to, to work with a producer who is from Colombia, uh, Carlos Bedoya, who likes to be called El Loco. Uh, he's from Bogota, and also we had some special guest appearances uh, by a character who likes to go by Mr. Vallenato from Los Angeles, as well as Jaime Ospina from Superfonicos here in town. So there was a lot more Colombian presence on this album. We used uh, through them a lot of sounds and styles that we hadn't used before, you know, using their specific drums, their the maraca that they call the maracons, like a really huge maraca. And, uh, and gaita flutes and, and certain kinds of accordion tones and textures. That being said, it, it took us a long time to get around to making this album, so it may be a while before the next one comes out. Who knows where we'll be by then. Thing on on our agenda as far as recording goes is Money Chicha, which is another side project that Beto and I are are involved in, and I definitely think there'll be a lot more uh, inclusion of these kind of concepts in that, albeit in a more psychedelic and experimental way. Well, we certainly look forward to hearing it, and we're really enjoying the new album. Y'all should check it out, uh, American Music, Volume 7. Yeah. And uh, Grupo Fantasma, thank you so much for coming in and joining us today. Thank you for having us. Thank you very much. That's our show. Thanks for listening, and thanks to our sponsor, Copenhagen Furniture. Check out the Austin 360 Instagram and Facebook for more about life in Austin. And talk to us on Twitter at LoveAustin360. And please leave us a review on iTunes. It helps other people find our podcast. 
I Love You So Much, the Austin 360 podcast is a production of the feature staff at the Austin American Statesman. This episode was produced by Alyssa Vidalis. Our theme music is from local band Hardproof, which you should definitely check out at hardproofmusic.com. You can find everything you'd ever want to know about this show and its contributors at austin360.com slash loveaustin360. And if you want to pitch an idea for the show or give us feedback, shoot us a note at loveaustin360 at statesman.com. We couldn't do this show without you, dear listeners, and we can't thank you enough for lending us your ears, your comments, and your funky horn riffs. Until next week, we'll see you shaking your hips in the hot city streets. Since 1983, Copenhagen Modern Furniture has showcased Austin's largest collection of fine contemporary furniture and accessories. Now, at Copenhagen, save $500 on any stressless signature or leg comforter recliner model. For more ways to save, shop online at copenhagenliving.com or visit the showroom on Breaker Lane. Copenhagen Modern Furniture, Austin's premier destination for everything contemporary since 1983. Thank you.